We started a series about three weeks ago on basically uh, ministry in the marketplace. And uh, we, uh, I, I kicked it off. Pastor Joel did a great job last week on, on uh, working your window. And then I felt like we wanted to take uh, uh, some people and, and bring them up and let them talk about their ministry. So our, our panel people, if you can come on up, that'd be great. And uh, we just a bunch of world changers and atmosphere, you know, shakers and movers and all of this stuff. I'm excited. You know, they it, it was it was really super refreshing. We got so much feedback from the first service. I think you're really going to enjoy this. But part of, of of what really has started and 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 the heart of of why we were doing this series is because I remember years ago there was a there was a terminology that uh, that I was aware of and you know kind of kind of was is part of the thing where. You guys moved and you're sitting in different seats than you were the first service. Okay, that might throw me a little bit. Uh, and, and, that, and that term was really, the term was really full-time ministry. And it was, you know, it was almost like in, in you know, growing up, uh, Robbie and I had a, you know, had a, we were youth pastors and I was working a job, you know, I was driving a truck, delivering packages to people. Uh, for a number of years, and we were serving in the church, and the question would come up, you know, well, when do you think you're going to get into full-time ministry? You know, and I mean, that was kind of the deal. And I remember we we had a Christian, a contemporary Christian rock band for about seven years, and we traveled on weekends, and and there's two different times where we sold everything we had and actually lived with some friends. We actually bought a bus, bought a 40-foot bus, because if you're in a legit band, you have to have a bus, right? That was the biggest mistake. <sighs> but anyway, the thing was is that what had not transitioned in my heart at the time was that there's some really bad theology going on. That actually we're all called into ministry. Now there, you know, there's some people that are called into vocational ministry, but we're all called into ministry. Paul writes, and he and he talks about that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation, and then he uses the term, and we're ambassadors. And so when you when you look at this, and something shifted in my heart, and I realized, you know, ministry is not about the platform, it's not about the lights, it's not about the microphone. That it's basically wherever God puts you and calls you. And it's kind of interesting to me. I did a, um, I read a survey recently about they, they surveyed a bunch of pastors about what would you be doing if you weren't in vocational ministry as a pastor. And the top two answers were uh, teaching and law enforcement. It was pre pretty interesting. Uh, but with that, we realized that work is one of the things that God, I believe, is restoring because there's been a really bad theology. And it's kind of interesting. I'm not going to go back and recap the whole sermon for you, even though I'd like to and like to encourage you to, 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 you know, to view it online again. But work was something that God gave Adam before He gave him worship. Work was considered worship. Before sin came even, Adam was set into work. And we just had a really bad theology. I want to read a couple scriptures about just work. Uh, I didn't do this the first service, but I thought this was really powerful. It feels like it should fit. In Ecclesiastes, if you remember, uh, basically Solomon was the wisest man 
God had given him what he desired, and that was wisdom. But listen to a couple uh, things that Solomon writes, for there's nothing better than a man to eat and drink and tell himself that his labor is good. This also I have seen that it is from the hand of God. He goes on to say in Ecclesiastes 3.13, Moreover, that any, every man who eats and drinks sees good in all his labor. Somebody say labor. It says it is the gift of God. And then finally, Ecclesiastes 5.18-19, Here's what I've seen to be good and fitting to eat, to drink, and enjoy oneself in one's labor in which he toils under the sun during the few years of his life which God has given him, for this is his reward. Furthermore, as for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth, He's also empowered them to eat from them and to receive His reward and rejoice in His labor. This is a gift, is the gift of God. So part of the series has been that ministry is not about being on the platform. Ministry is basically being called and moving into what God has called you to do and then what you do with it, and how God works with you. So we've got a great panel up here, and we have some questions. Are we still going to do the? We're going to do the text questions. Okay, so there will be a number uh, up on your up on the screen that you can text questions to anybody or to the group generally. And uh, in all full disclosure, that's not my cell phone because I didn't want you know 800 people and everybody out in the world that's watching us to have my cell phone. Um, <clears throat> if you have my cell phone, consider yourself, you, you can text me. Um, <clears throat> so you have Crystal's cell phone. Anyway, 800 people can, can text her. Um, but text your questions, and before we go, I'm going to have everybody introduce themselves and kind of what they do. We have a video for you from Ian Deland. Couldn't be here because he's actually serving today in the area that he's been called. He's a firefighter and a paramedic. If we could roll that video, that would be great. Hi fam. Pastor Jeff asked me to give a testimony of some ministry that I had the opportunity to do at work. So I work for the fire department down in Post Falls and I'm a paramedic and I work on the ambulance a lot. Um, a couple years ago, I had a lady who uh, took to the hospital with a heart attack. And she ended up actually um, dying at the hospital, but the hospital was able to revive her and uh, get blood flowing to her heart again. Three weeks later, I went to her house again, and it was her, and she was complaining of just being depressed and anxiety. So on the way to the hospital, I got to share the Lord with her and asked her if she would like to... Um, put her trust in him and her, and her faith in him. And she said yes. And we got to say the Lord's Prayer in the back of the ambulance. And she gave her life to, the, to him and got her connected immediately with one of my other coworkers who happens to be a pastor of a small church in Post Falls, right around the corner from her house. And uh, it was a pretty amazing experience. Those don't always happen, but I've had several opportunities since then to witness and pray with other people in the back of the, my ambulance. And I just noticed that whenever I ask God to let me be a part of his day and invite him to be a part of mine, something always happens. And it's been pretty amazing and the boldness that God has given me and just the opportunity. I have coworkers, several coworkers that 
we've prayed with people in the back together and it's just been amazing. Anyway, Pastor Jeff wanted me to share that testimony with you guys. Have a great Sunday. All right. Amazing. Okay, so we'll start here. Why don't you go down the line and just introduce yourself and what you what you're what you're called to do. Okay. My name is Tammy Ombi, and I'm an elected official in Ponderay County, and I run Superior Court. My name is Shallon Miller, and I work for the Kalispell Tribe of Indians, and I teach Salish, which is their native language. I really felt the Lord call me up there to make a difference in people's lives, and, and how do you make a difference in people's lives? And it's just Jesus, so... My name is Ray. Um, I worked at Safeway for 30 years uh, selling groceries. Uh, and then uh, currently I work for the Kalispell Tribe of Indians. Uh, they let me supervise their north business entities uh, up here. So. Uh, my name is Severin, and I'm a state fish and wildlife police officer. Um, I serve uh, Pondere County um, as well as other counties in the state. I've been doing that job for law enforcement 12 years, uh, worked for my agency for over 20. Hi, I'm Michael Thompson. Um, I crushed crime in Snohomish County for 20 years at the Sheriff's Office, retired. Um, I run a global team for Boeing, and then I had a, a plan to come here and hunt and fish, and that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, God has called my wife and I uh, to take uh, take on a new project, and we're opening Newport Pie and Coffee here in town. So, and it's an honor to be here. I'm Marilee Stevens, and I am a stockbroker and registered investment advisor. I've been doing it for 28 years, so that's why the gray hair. <laughs> right, right. Awesome. Okay, so so a few questions that we've got, and I'm going to start with um, I'm going to start with Tammy. Um, have you ever had to explain that you are in ministry to someone who asks you why you aren't doing anything for Jesus? Uh. No, I don't. I don't think that anybody's ever asked me that before. I I do think though that there's. Uh, I talked a little bit in the first time that there's kind of a um, maybe a misconception um, with politics a little bit, at least at the local level. And so I think kind of what you see on the news as far as politics and what actually happens at least locally is a bit different than what you see. And so I think maybe sometimes there's that inference that. You know, you're a you're a politician, or you're political, or you know, um, and and what they see on TV is never good about that. And uh, serving locally to the community that I grew up in is so much different. So I think um, I think one on one people understand that, but I think sometimes you um, are put, you know, in that group, and and until they get to know you, there's a difference. Okay. Shallon, um, how has working among a different culture impacted your marketplace ministry? I think that it's really important to uh, listen to people more than you talk and just hear their heart. And 
you know, ask questions instead of give advice because, you know, hearing where they're coming from and their perspective and their heart is really what allows you to be able to pray for them and minister to them and to understand them better. And so I, I do feel like I get the opportunity to, just by listening to them to know how to pray for them. And I don't even have to pray for them out loud. I can just pray silently over the issues and just bring the atmosphere of the Lord into every situation that I come across um, while I'm in the workplace. And uh, just being aware of the influence that the Lord has put in your life, I think, is really important. Uh, the Lord's put me in a unique position where I get to, uh, you know, actually, you know, speak to everyone in my department every single day. And uh, there's no one else in the department that's in that position. The Lord's put me there. And so I have influence, you know, and I can touch base with a hundred different people, adults and children, every single day. That's the circle of influence he's given me. And just being aware that that's my circle of influence. You know, if you're working with the public and maybe you just see people come and go, but you're still called to make a difference in that moment that you were with them. Or maybe you just have a handful of people that you work with every single day, the same people, and he's put you more in a mentorship position. And so just being aware of that. Um, and just, I feel like, uh, having a clean heart for me is very important. If I'm going to influence the people around me, if I have a fence with someone, there's no compassion and love there for me to give. And so if I want to be able to influence everyone in my circle, I have to make sure that there's no offense, that if I'm finding myself lacking compassion or love for someone, that I need to go to the Lord and I need to, you know, make my heart clean towards them so that the Lord can use me for everyone in my influence. I think that, you know, those are kind of the tools that the Lord has given me to influence. So. Amen. That's really yes. good. Ray, um, now you managed, you, very humbly you said you sold groceries for 30 years, but you managed the local Safeway. Okay. Have you ever been asked by your employer to tone down your Jesus? How was your witness in, the, in that marketplace? How did you, how did you navigate that? Um, got in trouble. Uh, if I'm being honest, because I'm in church, right? Gotta be honest. <laughs> so um, I, I ran a different store uh, in the Spokane Valley, and uh, they used to have these nice little, uh, you know, motivational things on the wall. You know, if it's to me, if it's to be, it's up to me. You know, that type of stuff. You know, cheesy stuff like that. And so um, we were, uh, my wife and I were members at uh, Valley Church of the Nazarene at that time, um, and. Uh, and I started pulling out scriptures, and I would type them and, you know, stick them on the wall in my office. Uh, and uh, I think I only had like three or four of them in there, but, you know, most of them are, you know, uh, about being kind and, you know, using your words to lift people up instead of tear them down, that type of stuff. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of politics when you get 100 people together, right? Yeah. So um, anyway, long story short, um, I uh, uh, I got in trouble from the uh, from both the company and uh, the uh, local union uh, for proselytizing. 
Um, and I thought it was pretty interesting that, you know, I can, you know, you can put a quote from Einstein on the wall and it's perfectly fine. You, you put a quote from Paul, you got a problem, you know? Um, so, um, I, you know, I didn't care much. I, I left them up and I just clipped off who the, who it was, you know? So, <laughs> and it must have worked out because I didn't get canned. So I, but that that's that's what comes to mind when, yeah, that's a that's the only time I can really remember getting in, okay, trouble. Uh, quick question for Tammy. Um, how did you? So you're an elected official. How did you? Did you feel the call of the Lord, the direction of the Lord, to go into that field? And if so, how did you discern it? How did you, you know, find the mind of God, the heart of God in that? Or did you just decide, hey, I think this would be a really fun job to just run the Superior Court? <laughs> uh, well, I had a lot of training before that. I uh, fought forest fires for 18 years before that. And so uh, it how, seemed like how, just a natural move. How did you, Forest to fire. go from forest okay. fires to, I tell everyone that I move from one hot spot to another. And uh, then they, oh, oh, that makes sense. Uh, the only thing, the only thing I guess that I can answer that, because it's been a crazy ride, um, is that it fell naturally before me. Like, I don't know how else to, like, describe it. Like, I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't looking for that opportunity. I had fought fires for 18 years, and I was looking, I was looking for another job, because I was getting old, and it takes a lot to do that. But um, it came before me, and I remember just seeking the Lord and seeking the Lord, and I never thought I would run for office, ever. And it just, the way that the Lord works is that it, things just start to fall into place, and you know that you know. And when I got there and I was elected, it was the only thing I could tell the office. I remember the chief deputy looking at me like the first month, like you really don't know anything. And I'm going to have to tell you everything. And I was like, I don't know what to say, except that I know that I know that I know that I'm supposed to be here. Come on. And because I know that I'm supposed to be here, then things go the way they're supposed to. Like, you just have no doubt, I guess, is the thing. And I can't say I didn't have doubt about running or doubt about doing all of that stuff. But it, it just, the Lord puts you on a path and, it, and you just end up down it. And you have a peace about you that you only get from the Lord. That's awesome. Severn, <laughs> you got a chance to tell a story here. Can't be a long story. Okay. Um, <laughs> But go ahead. Your your law enforcement. I, I guess a question that I'd like maybe you or maybe Michael, because he's got law enforcement background, to 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 answer is for those working in governmental uh, oversight positions. Do you find yourself pausing before sharing? But I know that when we talked at halftime, you were like, "Man, I wish I had a had a story to tell," or "I wish I had time to tell a story." So anyway, take some liberty. Uh, yeah, I guess um, first off, I'm. I feel like I'm a uh, an example of of someone who um, probably disqualified themselves before um, taking this job. Um, I looked at other career paths, and you know, I had my plan A, and um, this would not even wouldn't even have been on my register, but. Um, God had other plans, and um, His plan was way better than my plan A, even. Um, 
and and I'd like to just say that it, even if you're you feel like oh I'm not I'm not in that job that I I feel called to right now God can he can work through you in your plan B or C or D I mean he's so much more powerful than relying on you getting that career that you need but um, just a, um, I have so many stories with my with my job. Um, you know, I, I I try to almost every day ask the, ask the Lord to to just um, help me to do something for Him. Um, you know, I ask Him to use me, and you know that that um, is is not a prayer that I I always prayed. Um, I would often pray when I was in fear or. I needed uh, the Lord to help me get through something, but um, I was, I, I'd say probably about 11, 12 years ago, and, and Ray talked about this um, last time, um, just hearing a message on, on our mission being in the workplace and where we're, where we're positioned, um, not necessarily in the church, um, it's out there um, is where, where we're called. And um, I started at that, at that moment, I started asking the Lord to just give me opportunity to do something. And um, it wasn't very long, and, and he started putting stuff. I mean, I would be in places where, you know, a call would come out, and I would literally be in the driveway of the call. Um, you know, I've had opportunities to talk to people that were lost loved ones or um, were just, you know, had um, you know, lost a, a family, you know, a child or something, and, um, you know, been able to be there and, and support. And um, I've been able to talk with people as I'm taking them to jail and then and then see them on Sunday at church you know that same week and um, but one one thing real quick that um, happened this year um, I was it was just a, a normal day out patrolling um, on snowmobiles I guess that's normal for me but on <laughs> um, my way home it was a long day I was tired um, I was ready to go home I was at the gas station in in Cusick um, I probably started that morning like I do most with Lord use me in some way and um, a call came out that there was a need for a rescue up on up on North Baldy and if anybody knows where that is that's that's kind of central county um, and I just happened to be fueling up the snowmobiles at the time which that takes a long time to get all that stuff prepared and ready and so I called dispatch and said if you can get me a deputy because I'm by myself um, I'll, we'll take our sleds up and, and try to rescue this guy. And, um, and you know, I got little bits of information as we went and realized he didn't have a lot of time left. Um, I'm not going to go through all the circumstances, but um, he didn't have a lot of time left. And and uh, and the, the deputy that went with me had ridden once in 20 years, and so we had to give a quick lesson. And Whoa. we went to, and I was praying the whole way, and, oh, Lord, help me, you know, I... I don't want to give up on this, you know, and um, we had to walk in. It was so stormy and dark and uh, blowing hard. We had to, to walk in using our phones, and my phone was dying constantly for, from the cold, but this day it stayed alive just long enough for me to, to make it to the guy, and um, we walked him out and got him home, and, um, you know, and that the Lord will do that, and, you know, that's, you know, that's an example of, of something pretty pretty major, but it just starts with that morning, um, God, use me in some way, you know, put wow. somebody in front of me that I can speak life to or something, and it can happen in any any career. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Marilee, um, we talked a couple weeks ago, um, and it really, for me, it was, it was pretty 
It was a little eye-opening. I mean, it was good uh, because you're a financial uh, investment advisor, etc. And um, recognizing uh, that sometimes doing what you do in the church is not that comfortable. Would you kind of maybe explain your heart for that? And then here's the question at the end of that. What affirmation do you desire from the church and congregation about your ministry in the marketplace? What would be something that would encourage you and say, hey, this is, this is a God thing? What I brought up to uh, Pastor Jeff is that in my business is unique because, one, you don't talk about money in the church unless they're passing a bucket and, you know, everybody knows the cause. And uh, my profession is kind of like a glorified used car salesman in a better suit. <laughs> um, because really, when you, get a, when you get a broker, you're getting someone who's hired by a firm that knows the products that the firm wants to sell, that has been trained how to sell the product in the firm's name, and then they get paid a commission on it. And <laughs> so essentially, that's what you have. Um, God had always told me that this, that anything that I do, uh, long and the short of it, God has told me since I was six that he was with me. I didn't know his name at that time, but he knew mine. And that became very important through a tumultuous life. I ended up a stockbroker because I ended up divorced and without a job. And I'm looking through the yellow pages, I mean, sorry, the, the classified ads, right? Trying to find a job that fits a high school dropout that's been raising kids for 12 years with no education and no skills. In fact, on my first resume, when they said, do you, do you type? I said, well, I took it in high school, so I said yes. <laughs> and this was 12, 13 years before. And, and when they said, how fast? And at the time, I could type 75 words a minute 12 years before, so I said 75 words a minute. They said, can you answer a phone? I said, yes, because I answer my phone at home all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> innovation. Uh, the, the long and the short of it is I'm looking at the one ads as a high school dropout praying to God, give me a job, I need to feed my kids. And out of the paper, like it's in a cartoon, it points out financial advisor. And I said, hmm, I could do that. And God said, yes, you could. And so for whatever reason, I had assumed because I could balance a checkbook at the time, I could be a financial advisor. <laughs> All that to say this, God directs your path. You can be a donkey and speak. So all I have to be is submitted under the authority of Christ to do the job he's called me for. But inside of this church, or not this church, but a church, sorry. Inside of a church, people are more interested in what their stockbroker is driving than what they are pursuing in the name of Christ. And so God had taught me from the very beginning, there was a, when you get trained to do this, you have seven licenses, you have to go through a, a requisite amount of classes. They're boring as salt. And salt's not boring. They're boring. Um, and one of them was on, on selling annuities. And I remember sitting there while they were doing a class on annuities, and they were talking about, in the hypothetical, if client A has 400000 and you make 20% on selling them this annuity, and they can't change it for 10 years, that means you make $80,000. My mind blanked out because I went, that's not what this should be about. 
See, anything we do is not about what God provides. And I'm not against provision, but I've never been a lover of money. Everything we do should be pursuing the heart of people, their problems, their needs. And so when I brought it up to him, I said, the problem with my job is it has a very bad stigma and there's no way to promote it in the church. More importantly, people don't understand that no matter what you're doing, in the course of the 28 years I've done this, three clients have come to know the Lord. I've led them in the, in the sinner's prayer. I sent them their first Bibles. When one of them was moving, had, God had called him up to this area from California. He had no place to live. We opened up our house. They lived with us for over two months. When, when a client calls and has a personal issue, I, I prayed for one guy who had cancer. He got healed. This is my job. My job isn't, although I love playing with money, trust me. It's like a giant Monopoly game every single day, and it's kind of fun. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I'm sorry, it's fun. Um, That's not my job. My job is to pursue the, the kingdom of God in any way that God has called me in capacity to do. And the hardest thing to do when you have somebody's money on the line and you realize you might need to pay your rent with that money is to bring up Jesus, but that's the job. That's the job. Did I answer everything? That's pretty good. I'll shut up. That's that's pretty good. That's awesome. Michael. So I'm excited for the journey that you're on. Um, you are. You've mentioned this. You started a, um, you know, a construction company, as well as the Newport Pie and Coffee that cannot come too soon. Just saying. Um, but here's the question for you, uh, Michael Thompson. You've done several very different occupations in your life. Uh, I feel sometimes fear. Sometimes people fear doing something different, as if God only caused you to do the same thing all your life. In what ways has God used you in all the different situations? Because you've been law enforcement, uh, you you work for a large corporation as well. How? Answer the question, Michael. <laughs> do I have a lifeline? <laughs> Dear Jesus, (laughs) Um, yeah, it's been an amazing journey. When I, when Sonoma County was foolish enough to give this 21-year-old a badge and a gun, (laughs) that was pretty silly. But it lasted 20 years, and it was an an amazing thing. Um, And I'm, I'm more comfortable in with uh, human um, carnage. That may sound pretty funny, but um, I think you could relate. Um, when the bullets are flying and uh, people are are in need, that's where I get calmer, and um, and I'm more comfortable. And I I led a, a large SWAT team for 15 years, and kicked a lot of doors and did a lot of cool stuff and chased adrenaline. And then all of a sudden, I had that transition, and the Lord led me to different directions, and including men's ministry. And then I'm beginning to understand the heart of the Father. 
and what Christ needed was a light. And so I just gave it all to him, which was really hard because I like, I'm tactically minded. I want plan A, B, C, D. I want to know, you know, if this one fails, we're going to go to this one. And he said, no, I can't operate with you in that space. I need you to be completely ignorance on fire and just go. And so he introduced Jason McQuinn in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Who I love dearly. Did you say ignorance on fire? That should Probably be on a speak. t-shirt, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, I was knowledge on ice, and he introduced me to ignorance on fire, and and it really got me out of my comfort zone, because every time that I was entrenched in what I thought I knew, God moved me in a different direction, such as this pie company. Um, <laughs> and, and so just... I, I would encourage all of you to just keep open to whatever God's got planned, especially when it's not within your comfort zone or your, your background. I mean, your story reflects that exactly, um, how God moves you and grows you and then introduces you to people you would have never been able to touch. And it's, yeah, it's incredible. It's, it's crazy ride, but it's fun. Okay, this is for any of the panel, so you can all, or not all of you, we probably don't have time for everyone, but if you feel like answering this, you can. Uh, For any of the panel, has the current climate of what seems like bad press for Christianity hindered your marketplace ministry at all? I'd say no. Um, I I think people are desperate right now for for hope. they're desperate for the opposite of, of what the world is offering, and uh, we all um, we all can bring the opposite. Um, I feel like um, you know just the the example I gave earlier um, of you know when you know when when the world um, says that we should you know be kind to each other and a lot of that stuff is really easy to to do it's easy to fake even um with your coworkers um people around you but when when you love somebody that hates you or um you're kind to somebody that um, wants to hurt you um you know and that and that and we've all experienced it experienced those moments um in our in our careers where um someone said something really bad about us or or they wanted to destroy us or whatever um when we can provide the opposite and love in those situations it's it's eye-opening uh, wow, people are, are just attracted to that um and you know i get opportunities in, in my job often to do that and i i know in any career you, you can have the same opportunity to just show a different um you know kingdom principles uh, to the world, and, and they don't. A lot of times, people don't know what it is. Um, they're just attracted to it. They're drawn to it. And and when you, um, you know, when you act in, in love, um, you know, it it's it's attractive, and people want more of it. And they yeah. they want to be around you. Uh, they want to know why. Um, you know, and, and and preaching the gospel is, is actually pretty easy. It, it starts with just just loving 
your 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 friends, loving your neighbors, loving your enemy, and and showing them a different way. And they'll ask you, you know, why are you different? Um, you know, what what can I do to to get my life back on track? You know, they'll ask you those questions. You don't have to get crazy. And again, just ask the Lord, use me, and and He'll do it. Um, you don't have to jump up on a, a stage to do it. You can, um, you know, you can do it right there in your in your cubicle at work, or um, when you're you're driving, or um, you know, you stop to um, help somebody, or whatever you see on the road, or whatever. You know, even outside the workplace, when you're just out in your community, you can do it too. Okay, that's good. Okay, I want each one of you to weigh in on this question about 30 seconds or less. The question is, what would you tell a young person who is deciding on a career path? Go. Uh, let's see. You know, I think if, if you're faced with a decision in making it, I always um, try to talk to people about what they have peace about. You know, it doesn't mean that you have peace from the very beginning, but if you're seeking the Lord and you're asking for His guidance and His path, where you have peace is the answer to that. And um, getting people to help you make those decisions. The one thing I really wanted to speak to, and we alluded a little bit in the first, is that constantly a, a moms come and talk to me about, like, you know, if you you know, I really want what you do. I really want to do what you do. I really want it. But the thing is that God puts us in, he, he has us answer the call wherever you are, I guess is what I want to say. And if you, a, a young mom or a young dad, and you're at home with your kids, that is your calling right now. And it's so much more important than anything that you see up here. I, I just want to speak out to you in that, that where you are is where you're supposed to be. And it is your calling. He has made good works for you every single day. And it's your job to seek it out and find it every day. And so no matter where you are, you have good works planned for you. I would say trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding, but let the Lord lead you. And so there's no limitations. You know, I... I stepped out having no clue what I was gifted in and having no education in a college-type realm and um, not knowing where the Lord was going to leave me, and I still ended up where He wanted me to be. So, you know, if you give that over to the Lord and you let Him direct your paths and you trust Him to lead you, He will. You're not going to miss it. It's gonna, you're going to end up there um, whether it was your plan or not because it's his plan. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Wow. Um, I would tell young people, um, for starters, uh, it's okay to make money. Uh, it's, it, you know, because anywhere you're at, just like these guys are saying, God's going to use you. And, uh, you know, God wants... I think God wants you to work. God wants you to make some money so you can bless others and help others. Uh, and, you know, if, if you've got a headache, it's really nice to be able to afford some aspirin. Uh, and so <laughs> I, that's, that's what I tell them. You know, and, and if, they're, if they're saying, oh, I want to be a, uh, a, you know, some kind of, you know, whatever you are, uh, you know, I, I didn't try to do this. I was going to be a biologist. It didn't work out, you know. <laughs> Uh, and so, you know, let the Lord lead, um, but it's, it's perfectly acceptable, nay, you should be 
you know, in full-time ministry and full-time work, both. You can do them both at the same time every day. There you go. That's, that's what I would say. Yeah, I would say to, to young people who, who need a job, are looking for a job, to go get a job. Um, Come on, somebody. Just, <laughs> mic drop. Just get a job and then ask the Lord to open and close doors and, 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 just, and just go wherever He leads you from there on. That's so good. <laughs> I would tell young people that God created you. He knew you before you drew your first breath. He sang praises over you. So follow your passion. It's there along with Holy Spirit to guide you. Um, don't be afraid to fail because He is there and take risks and um, just, yeah, follow. Get after it. Uh, be the light of Christ and, and do it with the passion and the purpose that He gave you. Gave me the mic glass. Really. I want to speak really to the female young people in the audience because there's two things that I wish someone would have told me when I was young. Relationships don't fulfill you unless it's a relationship with Christ. Wow. I married young and ended up as a dropout without any hope because I thought love meant someone would put a ring on it. And the truth is, love means that God has created me with the gifts and talents that he gave me, instilled them since the very beginning, and wants to use those for his purpose. So if you're looking for a job, know what your talents are. The second thing I would really like to encourage all young people with is don't push away from education. Mm -hmm. When you're a dropout and you're trying to feed two kids... Money looks more important than it does when you're getting out of high school and thinking, I'd like to travel around Europe. Or I'm just going to stay in bed for a year, Mom, because I'm done with school. And I want you to know that you're never done with school, because if you're in Christ, you're learning every single day of your life how to further who you are for the kingdom of God. And the last thing I'd like to say is that don't, Limit yourself, ever. I mean, who would have thought? A high school dropout, two kids, divorced, we won't say how many times. But God has a purpose for every phase of your life. And right now, I'm doing this. But in a year, if God calls me to stop being a stockbroker and say, work at the school teaching high school kids how to finance and run money, that's what I'm going to do. Come on. Because my life is not my life. It was bought with a price. And all I'm supposed to do is pay it forward in the name of Jesus. Wow. Yeah. I, I want to weigh in on that as well. Um, I think that... God will give you inclinations and passions and different directions and, and He can use just a multiple um, diverse way of guiding you into really what, what He's called you into. Um, and, and there's times when, yeah, you know, I, you know, turning that wrench at the gas station, 
you know, that wasn't my long-term thing, but it was work. I was going to do it. I remember getting my first job, you know, coming out of, I mean, back when you could get your first job when you were 12 years old or whatever it was, I was like, man, I got a job. That's awesome. But you look back on your life to some of those same experiences and inclinations and passions and God, you know, guiding you. And then a lot of times it gives you a framework. Like, I'll give you an example. My mom, my mom was a single mom. She, um, she raised, uh, she raised myself and my two sisters. And one of the things that she did was she was an activity director at a convalescent home, an old folks home. And I was an aspiring guitar player at, you know, at seventh grade, you know. And she just had me come in. I loved going in and visiting the rooms of everybody in there and playing songs. And, you know, when I look at it now, it's ridiculous. Because, you know, the people in there would be like old and I'm playing stuff like, you know, Neil Young and, you know, all this stuff. But I realized that God had actually given me a heart way back then to actually just touch people's lives and and be able to do that. Later on, I found out that was the vocational part of what He had me do, you know, that I'm walking in now. But I know that as as a parent, my desire for my kids was to be successful. Most of all, it was that they would love God and lean into Him with all of their heart and all of their mind and all of their soul and all of their strength. Because if they would do that, then I know the biggest influence on their life would be the Lord. And that God had greater plans and dreams for my kids than I could ever. I told told my kids, I don't care whether you're, you know, whether you decide that teaching is what you're called into or a firefighter or the president of the United States what I really desire for you to do is to walk with the Lord and and just get get yourself in that place of, of being healthy and, and uh, there's a question here that I want as we conclude as we always we always want to give an invitation to someone that may not know the Lord. And I think this question is really appropriate. Here's the question. When in a season and feeling left behind, how do you cling on to encouragement? How do you cling on to encouragement? It's been a difficult year and a half. Life in itself is difficult for people anyway. We live in a fallen culture, all kinds of stresses, but this has been extraordinary. And I just want to conclude this morning by just praying. We prayed in our our staff prayer this morning that, that people coming in could exchange despair for hope. They could exchange fear for faith. That something in the, in, the, in the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit, in the Word, and just connecting with people that are carrying the Kingdom of God. That the Bible says that the Kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
And so I'm going to take just a few minutes and, and just pray into that so that there's somebody here that you just need to hear that. The other thing that we're going to do as we transition our service this morning is we typically have prayer teams that will come up and you know pray for you whether you need something you know physical healing emotional relational financial whatever it is i really felt this morning that we wanted to take this group of uh, of of folks and leaders and on our panel and allow them to just be down here and whatever resonates in you, whatever need you have, man, if you're saying, man, I'm the employer and I know I've got, I, I need to look at something different. I'm the employee. I know that work, I'm, I'm giving it to the Lord and I need to work as into the Lord, etc. Or maybe you're a small business owner and you just need somebody to agree with you and encourage you. I'd encourage you as we transition, let, let somebody pray with you. So could you just bow your heads with me this morning as we just, as we seek the Lord. Father, first of all, I, I just thank You that when we are in a season of feeling left behind and in a season of discouragement that You are there for us. You went before us. And that we can cling on to You. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that there's an exchange. There is a prophetic exchange right now that happens in this atmosphere. Mourning for dancing. Gladness for the despair. Peace for the stress. That God, You would just, just, just let there something just transpire right now. And whether people are here with us in the, in the sanctuary or whether have joined with us online, that God, just something happens right now that is so amazing. God, Your Word says that You are the lifter of our heads. You lift when we're out of lift. You inspire when we don't have anything left. We can't work it up. We can't make it happen. And God, in Jesus' name right now, I pray by the power of Your Holy Spirit, You just move in an amazing way and just touch people right where they're at. Touch them in the places that hurt. Touch them. There's people here. I, I can feel it. You've, you've experienced rejection. And God wants to say, You do belong. That You do belong. That you do belong, that, that He's directed your steps and that you have a purpose and that you are valued and that He loves you. And I just, I just declare that over you in the name of Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you've never taken that step to receive Him as Lord and Savior, you've never said, today I become a follower of Jesus. The Word of, of Jesus said that, behold, I stand at the door and knock and if any man hears from Him and opens, I will come in in the beautiful picture of the handle on the inside of the door of your heart. And today you're saying, I want to open that door and I want to invite Jesus in. And if you've not done that, and today's the day to do that, I want you to just kind of wave at me. Just, just, just let me agree with you and say, I, I, I see that hand. I see that yes. If you're online, there's, you, can, you can text and say, today I want to receive the Lord. But if that's you, just, just make sure I see you. Just, just It's good in the mouth. Thank you. In the mouth of two or three, the Bible says everything is established. It's good to be in agreement. And we love You, Lord, and I pray that 
that God, that people uh, go away from this even series understanding your heart. This is not just a one-time thing. This is actually who we're called to be. We're called to be ambassadors. We're called to be ministers. Ministers of reconciliation. We're called to walk and work and, and go out. And God, I'm just reminded that even in, in the book of Acts, when there's 40 different supernatural things that happened, I'm just reminded 40 different miracles, 40 different things, events that you moved, that only one of them were in the temple. The other 39 were in the marketplace. That that's where you want us to be. This, we come here to get healed, to be whole, to be equipped and everything, but we're, we're, we're the church outside. And I pray there's a, a fresh reach and a new reach and that God, You would just kind of revitalize us. Give us opportunities. Give us the peace. And Father, I pray that any, any person that's ever felt like, wow, man, I'm, uh, I'm not on the platform. I'm not doing what she's doing or what he's doing. They'll realize, listen, God validates you. If you are the mom that your call in your ministry is to raise those kids up, uh, if you're the homeschooler, if you're, you know, if you're the person out there driving the garbage truck, or you're working the counter in retail, or you're operating the business, that every one of those places is where you want to move. And God, you have strategically positioned people so that they can be the kingdom of God. You are the mobile ark of the presence. No matter where you go, you carry the power of the Holy Spirit, the good news of the Gospel with you. And we just speak that and pray that and thank you for that. In the name of Jesus. And they all said, Amen. Hey, can we give our panel just a round of appreciation? You guys did an amazing job. Let's all stand up this morning.